Welcome to TLC, the Light Conversations Series 2, Emerge and Evolve. I'm your host, Jada Del Drago. This is a series about well-being and creativity, offering insights and ideas for the post-pandemic evolution. As we all shift gears now into a new normal, whatever that is, after an extremely intense pandemic year of sickness, lockdowns, panic, and fear, this could be seen as a time of reinvention. I'm reaching out to creatives, therapists, and healers, all of whom I have worked or studied with or know personally. My intention is to discuss their personal journeys and also learn how they're planning to evolve out of this experience. Today's guest is Rebecca Simonat Barum. She is a dear old friend and a former colleague who I have not seen for maybe 12 years. We acted together on Germany's most popular and longest-running TV series, Lindenstrasse. Lindenstrasse was my big break. It was my first mainstream acting role, which I, I won the role. I beat out loads of actresses to get the role of Patricia Wolfson at age 18. Rebecca has been acting on the show since she was 11 years old. So she basically grew up on national television. She was also one of my best friends there, along with Moritz Sachs, who played my boyfriend on the show for a while. And he was also the main child star of the series, Klausi Beimer. Rebecca is a household name in Germany, having branched out to a successful career as a singer, songwriter, and reality TV personality. She also speaks perfect English, uh, having a British actress, singer-dancer mother, Rosalind Simonette Barham, and an amazing animal trainer, Circus Barham director father, Gerd Simonette Barham. From the age of three, she was trained as an acrobat, and at the age of four, she stood for the first time with a pygmy goat uh, in front of an audience in the circus arena. Later, after years as an equestrian acrobat and pony whisperer, at nine years old, she appeared side by side with two other circus children as a contortionist and became an equilibrist. She received years of training with the international artists of the Barum Circus Ensemble. Rebecca became known to nationwide audiences from 1990 onwards, um, playing the role of Iffy Zenke on Lindenstrasse. And she moved to Cologne for this role at the age of 12. She was the youngest presenter of the weekly interactive live show called Lolo Rosso, and she went on to fund a production company called Barum and Bauer Performance. She took over the artistic direction of her father's circus company, Circus Barum, for seven years, and then she made her musical debut in Cinderella, the fairy tale pop musical. She has been following her passion into musical theater as well as releasing several pop music singles. And at the moment, she's organizing the entertainment program for the State Garden Show in Bad Gandelsheim. 
She is multi-talented, hardworking, and so much fun to be around. It's a real delight to catch up with this dear old friend and to step into conversation today with her to discuss wellness, to discuss creativity, from being a circus child to a TV star to a singer and businesswoman, super mama. It's a real delight to sit down today for TLC The Light Conversations with Rebecca Simonette Barum. Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time There's something wrong here, there can be no denying One of us is changing, or maybe we've just stopped trying And it's too conversations and today's guest is multi-talented, hardworking and so much fun to be around. It's a delight to step into conversation today with my friend and former colleague Rebecca Simonet Barum, aka Becky, that's what I call her. <laughs> Hi, hello, guten tag. Hello darling, so, <laughs> so good to see you. It's so good to have you here, it's been way too long but thanks to social media I've been able to follow the progress and evolution of all the many amazing things things you've been doing. How has this surreal pandemic year been for you and what helped you to get through it? Well, yes. I mean, as for so many people in this world, it was crazy for me too, especially coming from uh, 30 years of acting on Germans, yeah, Germany's equivalent to Coronation Street. So I was used to, as you know, because you performed there too as a young young lady. We were there together. <laughs> so um, this meant two, three times a week, uh, traveling to Cologne, being in the studio all day. Apart from that, of course, you know, red carpets, talk shows, radio shows, everything that you know, has to do with an acting career, with a world-going television acting career. And all came to stop, of course, not only because COVID hit in, but because our show, Lindenstrasse, was actually taken off air. They they stopped it, uh, which was a great shock for the fans. Not as much as a shock for us actors, because, of course, we had seen it coming. But all this coming together with COVID hitting in meant I was at home, <laughs> as so many other people. But if you're suddenly at home and you're not used to being home a lot... Um, yeah, this this really um, gave me a lot of anxiety attacks until then life gave me an opportunity to reflect and actually make the best of the situation because I moved back to my parents because my dad had a stroke. And so I had to be with my parents and I realized that I will have to stay with them for like the next eternity because there's no way I could move away 500 kilometers again and not be with them like my mother needed me at their side and my parents were used to going back and forward to England to Germany as they have homes in both countries my mum's from London my dad's German and so suddenly we were all stuck in their house in Germany being together but this turned out to be a blessing yeah, it's so beautiful that you could spend that time with your parents. And and as you say, the great reset after so many years of starring on TV and recording music and circus, like just to sit still 
What got you through it? Was it the family? Was it time with your parents that got you through that? Yes, that actually did save me because first I was with my children and their father, uh, whom, of course, I, I love dearly, but I wasn't used to being with them all the time. And my children are grown up, you know, they're in their early 20s. So um, you do tend to go on their nerves or you think things they do is annoying. So this was like the first process, the first few weeks of... I just went like walking with my daughter with the dogs for hours or, you know, we went bike riding and all these things people do nowadays because of COVID um, or like, you know, Netflixing for hours. So I just, you know, tried to make quality time out of it. But being able to go to my parents helped me to be alone. It was like being in a convent, you know, being in this little room in my parents' house, sleeping in this narrow bed. I'm still there one and a half years later. And it was really being like, I really thought of people that go into a convent to reflect on their life and reset and think who they are. That's what I could do because of this situation. So, of course, mum and I emptied, you know, litres of white wine. But uh, <laughs> that was like the only thing happening. I mean, we were there for my dad all day. We put him to bed by seven, had dinner together, had a bottle of wine. So we did that throughout 2020. And it was lovely. It was lovely. Yeah. You know, we had our routines until then, of course, I realised, okay, now I need to get work. I mean, like, show business was still down. There was nothing you could do. I mean, all our colleagues, you, you know, better than that. I mean, you know, they go on Instagram, they these concerts, uh, live stream things. I was also, like, thinking of, okay, can I do a podcast? Um, I have been writing my memoirs, so, you know, I did try and get to writing as much as possible. Um, thinking of, okay, can I write myself a solo program? I like to do stand-up, you know, I'm, yeah. like, a very spontaneous singer. I love singing. But, um, you know, something was missing. I was like, no, I need a routine. You know, coming from 30 years of shooting a, a weekly TV show, you're used to a certain routine. I, I yeah. couldn't handle all this free time. It was not making me creative. It was making me lazy, I thought. You know, I started yes. watching Grey's Anatomy from episode one because <laughs> I kind of missed it in the 2000s. Um, now mm. I think I'm in season 11 or something, which is lovely. But yeah. come on, you know, I said, no, I've got to work. I've got to earn money. And so I... Um, had a look like online, okay, what is around here? What could I do? What else can I do? What am I able to do? And I found this position of they've been looking for an entertainment manager for a state garden show that's planned for 2022. So I really like, I went there and I applied and uh, in the end I got that job. So Amazing. then suddenly I had an eight hour office job, a 40 week work week, but it's making me very happy. And booking yeah. entertainment, which is exactly. fantastic. It's still it's, creative. It's like curating. Yes, curating. And, I, and I'm getting jobs from my friends and colleagues, right. you can imagine. Well, and so. I bet that State Garden Show is going to be the most popular. <laughs> when is be. it, by the way? Let's let's give it a plug. <laughs> when is it? It will be amazing because there, there won't be any State Garden Show in Germany ever that has had such an entertainment program as the one right? we're putting up. Right, so when is that show It's going starting to be April 14 and it goes six months, like 179 days until October the 9th. And is there a website? For yeah, there, there's a website. It's www.laga. So it's L A G A minus bat minus gandersheim.de. But just just uh, Google Laga in Germany and or, you'll, you'll find the State Garden shows. Okay. No and will you sing there? Well, no, you know, because there I'm, I'm an entertainment manager. I'm actually not the performer. Right, but you're such an amazing performer. Yes, yeah, so I'll jump mm. in if somebody doesn't turn up or something. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's let's the, hope for all you fans out there. That's this the running gag. I've got show. a lovely colleague yeah. in my office, Marianne. Yeah. We're doing it together. And this is our running yeah. gag, gag that if somebody doesn't turn up, we'll yeah. just Or will you like empty it? Yeah, that's, that especially. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to pay money to anybody else coming and hosting yeah. some shit. I mean, I'm going to. Ladies do that and gents, mine a diamond on a head. Exactly. Yeah. 
Herzlich willkommen zu unserem wunderbaren Jazz-Nachmittag. Yes, I love it. So, speaking of memoirs, let's go back a bit now to your early days as a yes. child of the circus. It's such an incredible story. I mean... I personally dreamed of joining the circus when I was a child. I went to the National Ballet School in Canada yeah. and I trained as a ballerina and we occasionally would mix with the National Circus School children. They yes. went on to join mostly Cirque du Soleil. Of course, yeah. And I was like, I'm at the wrong school. I need to be at the circus school. So when I met you and I learned about your childhood in the circus, I just thought, this is such a cool story. Um, and to me, it's it's... It's an amazing film. Like, it's a film I want to see. So I, I'm excited for your memoirs. I am certain there's a producer out there, especially in Germany, who hopefully will hear this and run to pick up the rights to your memoirs. So <laughs> tell me a bit about what it was like growing up in the circus and your early days, your first performances. Yeah, so I was born into a, a big circus in Germany, which my dad had taken over uh, in the late 60s. My dad's not from a circus background. He ran away from home as a young man after wartime. Uh, fleeing from East Prussia, which is Russia now. And uh, my mum's not from circus either. She's from London. She was an actress and a singer, theatre actress, Ros Early. And um, they got together then in the late 60s, got married in the 70s, and um, had this beautiful circus, Circus Barum. So, and growing up in a circus like that, you can imagine your life is, your, your days are controlled by the show. You're actually living in a show because it's all about, you know, what music is playing, who's on now. You're in a different town every few days. It's all about atmosphere, living in an international community of people who, as my dad always said, they don't have a place in the real world. And that's why we're together. And it's true, this was the, the magical spirit of, of the circus community, even in a big show like that, with around 300 people at big times working and living on the show. And of course, you know, the animals, the smells, the sounds of lions roaring at night, you know, all these yeah. things. That is gone forever. I mean, you know, nowadays circus isn't that anymore. And of course, we've got lovely shows nowadays, not only because of Cirque du Soleil with only artists, but, you know, animals, in the way I grew up with them, were the soul of the circus that time and it's not the same without the animals it's all right it's absolutely all right I, I understand you know that things develop and society has changed and you know many things you wouldn't just do things anymore as you used to do but it was magical for me and I'm very very thankful my dad taught me a lot about uh, respecting animals and their their uh, very individual personalities he was always a very very um, they called it like human training he was more like a like an animal psychologist yeah. than a man with a whip. You know, that wasn't him at all. So all this has taught me a lot about animals, about people, about, you know, humans, about interactions in this world. So um, this is something I'm very thankful for. And thing is that there's this saying, you can take the girl out of the circus, but you can't take the circus out of the girl. <laughs> and this is something that stays. You never become really normal. You know, like you're always, like I, I always have to be ready to go. Yeah. You know, I need wheels yeah. under me. <laughs> yeah. And I always have to be ready to go. I can't stay at one place very long time. I always have to have the feeling that I'm a free spirit and I can go and I can leave if I feel like I want to leave. So this is something that, yeah, we're all a bit mental probably, <laughs> but that's what just stays in you. Yeah. That's quite a good title for your memoirs. You can take the mental woman, mad can, woman. No, you can take the girl out of the circus, but you can't take the circus out, out of just, the girl. You can't take the circus out of the girl. Yeah. yeah, I love that though, because, you know, 
it really is such a unique story and and probably credit to the amazing creative talent that you became and that you are right that those early childhood kind of introductions to performance like I'm just imagining you know being surrounded by all these different talents with their expertise and was was there um did you have a a connection to any particular animal during your time with the circus yeah I mean especially as you say expertise because what my parents did because they're both not acrobats in a way my mom did ballet of course and thing and singing with me so that's what I inherited from her definitely but my parents used to send me to the different artists that were working on the show year by year to let them teach me their skills you know so I do like acrobatics with the ones I do trick riding with the Russians a year later I'd uh, you know so you'd, you'd have the best of every culture and of every um, circus background teaching you and that's how you become multi-talented in the end that's amazing what a school <laughs> yeah that was lovely and my dad you know he was a big cat trainer so he yes. had like lions and tigers and bears and that always you know that I was very afraid of yeah. that so I didn't really get a connection there I was always with the horses with the camels with the llamas all the animals that I could actually really interact with give them a snuggle brush yeah. them go for a walk or go riding that was more my thing and I loved we had a rhino oh wow yeah a white rhino who only yes he only passed away uh was it two years ago um and he was nearly 50 years old which is very old for for a male rhino yes and uh, he was Tsavo was his name and so he was with me more or less all my life until the last years like from 2009 my dad had closed the show so Zavo moved to another big circus in Germany Circus Corner where my brother works too and they looked after him very very well they had like a beautiful also enclosure they built for him in Munich so he had he had great days and he was loved and cared for very very much because the zoos wouldn't take him because he was male they didn't have room for him. I was actually looking for a zoo yeah. in Western Europe yeah. to take him or like a park, something like that. But yeah. they, they, they didn't have room for another male. And so we were very lucky that this other circus actually uh, offered to take him because we knew they'd be able to, you know, give him the best of care and all his space and all his vitamins and everything he needs. So he became a very old man and was just the most wonderful, wonderful animal you can imagine. They've got these big feisty lips you know <laughs> when you give them food like you can put your whole hand in their mouth and they'll close it but it won't hurt you because it's just lips it's just you want oh. to give them kisses you know and, and and the skin is all soft under the nose towards the lips it's all really really soft and tender until it goes a bit you know crusty <laughs> to the back to get a, that close yeah. to such a creature amazing amazing I mean I just want to hear more stories I'm so excited for you to to eventually bring those memoirs out because I'm already, I'm in. If there was a movie about <laughs> your life in the circus, like, it, I'm certain. Berlinale, prize winning. You just need oh, a really cool a director <laughs> attached. But, yeah, I like it because it's, like, focusing on you as a child and something that appeals to adults and children and the circus. I mean, there's... And you could probably recruit... Um, many of your actual performers to be in a film yeah, about yeah, the circus. I mean, my daughter yeah. now, Rachel, she's uh, going to be 22 tomorrow. Um, Happy birthday. She is, yes, an amazing uh, performer, absolutely terrific, hardworking, beautiful girl. She uh, works at the trapeze. So something like every girl dreams of, you know, the girl on the trapeze that's right. been put in poetry and song and put on celluloid, you know, I mean, um, within like centuries. No, no, she, she's lovely. And I know that she will 
go her way, she will have the career she always wanted to have, yeah. and she'll she'll be a star. I see her in Las Vegas. And yes, I've places. seen her act that she did with the bird cage, bird cage where she yeah. was like a bird yes. swinging in the cage. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, she's she's, she's Las Vegas. magnificent. Yeah. Yes, yes. So from the circus to Lindenstrasse, yeah, was it age 10, 11? I was eleven. You yes. became a star overnight. Child star suddenly on Germany's most popular TV series. What was that like to suddenly be a, a mainstream TV star at that young age? Well, thing is that because I came from a showbiz family, I was always used to working. I'd been on stage or in the limelight since yeah. I was four years old, so that was like a daily routine for me. No Even big though deal. it was acting yeah. and cameras, I was used to work. I was yes. a very disciplined child, so yes. that all didn't like affect me at all. Yes. It was more of a problem that I had to leave the circus and live in Cologne because my parents thought oh, it's a fantastic idea. She's far too clever to just be, you know, homeschooled at the circus. Yes. Uh, she's going to go to grammar school, you know, and do all mm. that. But this meant that I lost my whole way of life that I was used to. I was suddenly in an apartment in Cologne yeah. going to a normal school and if you remember, we weren't allowed to shoot too many days a week because that was, you know, yeah. about child protection. Yeah. So maybe I only had two days a week. I was actually in the studio having fun with everybody. And the rest of the days I was alone in this apartment and yeah. missing everything that was my life before. And as yeah. I said, the show, the music, the people, everything. So that was quite tough for about two years, getting used to this new way of life. And then, you know, I became a teenager. And then, of course, I had my social life and my people and I kind of got over it. But um, this this being like a famous thing or being in newspapers and thing didn't... I was always a very grounded person. Also, as a child, it didn't affect me at all because for me, that was work. Yeah. Because that's what we do. We entertain people. What, what was it like <laughs> growing up on TV, though? Like, so, you know, you started at age 10. So then as you became a teenager, young adult, like your character is doing that too. And was it exciting or was it... You know, what was that experience like for you to grow up along with this character? Yeah. Also, to get to know that character so well. I mean, that is so interesting. Yeah. Well, I think the most interesting about this is that you work with the other characters for so many years. Mm. And so, of course, there's a kind of trust and intimacy between each other yes. that doesn't develop if you just do a movie or you just do a few weeks with somebody on, yeah. on, your, on a theatre uh, uh, tournée. So I think this is something you can also follow up if you if you watch also the British series that have been going on for years if it's EastEnders or, or Coronation Street you see how comfortable the actors are with each other yeah. and this is what makes it makes it so real in the yes. end because it's not about um, remembering the lines anymore you do of course but it's logical you know what you're going to say because it's a conversation yeah. and you're in it you know, so there's nothing there to forget because you actually know what you're talking about at that moment. You're yes. in the feeling, you're in the emotion, you're in this, you know, you've been growing up with these people. It's like yeah. a parallel life. It is, so not, it is. So this yeah. is all something you just have to remind yourself sometimes to not stop acting. That's kind of the thing, mm. you know, that you don't become too much of a um, strange vishy-vashy <laughs> pudding of Ify and Rebecca, if he was my character. Yeah. So... This is something, of course, also I went through stages growing up. And I, I left the show in 2010 
for three years because I kind of had like a burnout. I didn't enjoy yeah. it anymore. I really caught myself in the studio asking myself, like, what am I doing here? Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't want this anymore. So I, I left the show for three years. I only did theatre and music for three years, which, you know, brought me up to bankruptcy almost, of course, because theatres pay you like shit. But you had a lot of success with the music. It though, was right? wonderful. There, no, no. What's, I mean, what's the hit single that you really... <laughs> well, that was so actually good. just... just well, not, Day and Night? Darling, it's not a hit single. It you know? is. It, I mean, it, I played it, it for it, people. I'm like, look it's, it's coming yeah, on my yeah, show. I mean, it's it's it has its, uh, you know... Is it called Day and Night? Day and Night. Yeah, yeah Day, Day and Night. night. No, that is lovely. But I just did that two years ago. But in these three years when I left Lindenstrasse, I really just did theatre and worked on my singing skills and that was so important because I became self-confident knowing yeah. like who am I I'm not only iffy yes. you know I'm a performer I can sing I can do, do you've comedy. always had an amazing singing voice uh, like you uh, from from the when I first knew you, I'm remembering that trip we did to East Germany and yes. you got on stage oh God, and I was, was like wonderful. whoa I mean <laughs> powerful belter of a voice like ballad you know, and that's not everyone has that. No, kind but of I always, you know, voice. I loved singing yeah. so much, always, and that's yeah. why I never really got commercial in younger years. Because what people offered me, you know, people would come up, or record companies would yeah. come up and offer me music to do, but music meant so much to me that I felt like, no, I can't do that. You yeah. know, like German Schlager or yeah. you know weird kind of things. Because because I'm 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 I come from jazz. I was yeah. like you know born and nourished with jazz music and with musicals. So. Yes. That was so important to me that it took me so many years. And when I met um, Le Prince, who recorded these um, songs with me, uh, Day and Night, he was the first person I met in my life that actually wasn't just like talking. You know, you meet people and people will talk about ideas. Oh, we could do this together, this together. But he was so down to earth and so real, same way as I saw myself, saying, no, that's great and you're great and we're going to do this song together. And we had a live shows together. We did 48 shows in January, February 2020. And um, he really um, pushed me and influenced me and uh, supported me in being the performer I always wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah, because he he was... I, I trusted him and he gave me the strength to recognize what I'm able to do because I was always doubting, yeah. you know. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm too fat for stage or maybe I'm not good enough or maybe it's this and maybe it's that. And he gave me this assurement of, you're fine, you're great, go on stage, I'm with you also, we're doing this together. So this was Amazing something that, you that taught me a lot I'm very yeah. very thankful for this uh, this this work yeah. and you also have been on like some TV shows I saw you on a TV show singing um, it was like a cover yes. it was really really good and was that a competition or was yeah, that? that was a com- competition that was a show called It Takes Two they only yeah. did one season in Germany but it was very um, successful in the Netherlands before where you have like three celebrities that are not known for singing uh, like actors or sports stars or whatever and then you have like a um, a German uh, famous singer, somebody who's popular, who will then be like your coach. But of course, yes. they had proper singing teachers and coaches, you know, backstage Amazing. who worked with you like they do on The Voice. So cool to have that. So, so that was to take fantastic. your already powerful talent. Yes, and but it taught me a lot. I mean, that was really like the first step too. And this was only, you know, 2016. I was already yeah. in my 30s by yeah. then. But um, singing is something like, like, like in sports, you know, you've got to learn the technique. You've got to train to know what you're capable of. 
and I'm so glad that even within age I could still develop and it doesn't stop you know yeah. and it has to do not only with breathing and technique but warming with, with, up yeah with self-confidence yeah. yeah the thing is that people who sing will know what I mean I never had access to my head voice yeah. yeah, I kind of did everything out of my like my stomach. Yeah, and I always had problems accessing my head voice, and I always had this picture in my head of like a like a like a what would you call it like a, like a shed in the roof of the house yes. where the, the door attic. is closed. The attic. There's yeah. like an attic. The door is closed. There's a lot of you know rubbish on top, and I'm trying to open this attic yeah. door. And it was through these coaches of It Takes <laughs> Two who showed me with that I was approaching it from the wrong way, and that okay. suddenly it was very easy to approach, and it's there, and it gave. Me me so much freedom wow. in singing and so much more variety yeah so you never you never stop learning <laughs> um, there's a bit of action going on around us here just yeah hope he passes by and I can't he better he better he will he I will, think he, he will. will yes okay <laughs> better you better um so yeah I think I'm just going to take a moment right now to say that it's so cool to sit down with you I think we had this before the mic was on but just after this strange year of not spending much time in real life with anyone, this feels like a surreal dream. And you were such a breath of fresh air when I met you on the set of Linda Strasse, just such a great friend to me at that time. And to connect with you now after, I think it's been more than a decade, actually, since I've seen you. I and, think so, yeah. And to have followed all the different things that you've been doing and just see you going from strength to strength. Um it's really great to reconnect with you again. I'm so grateful this for this moment. Um, Thank you so much. And, and for the friendship, I, you know, and it's bringing back memories of like Moritz Sachs, yes. Classy Beimer, um, Marie-Louise Marianne, and, and Bill Mockridge, and and Jeremy and yes. all the all the other Moritz Zilke who I see yes. on Instagram with oh, his heavy metal so band lovely. And, and yeah and he's and, and he's so successful now you know Moritz is, is he yes he, he he bought I mean just to you know tell our audience that he was you know a colleague of us acting on the show for many many years he was the very handsome and, um, dreaded yes, husband yes your, your oh, no, TV not, not if he's husband but father partner, of his children partner exactly <laughs> father yes. of a baby daddy yeah. if he's baby daddy yeah <laughs> And uh, no, and he with with, with his uh, uh, wife, um, they bought like a like a caravan place at the River Rhine in Cologne oh, wow. with people. Yeah, and they've made it into like a tiny house place with a beautiful eco living. Yeah, because you know he cool. does. Yeah, he does these eco living things. Yeah. you know, with furniture and all that. Okay. So um, I, I think he's brilliant, and he's what's one of the called? people. What's it called? Do you know what it's called? It's, oh, what's it called? Yeah, uh, like something with tiny house. We'll have to check house. it out. Tiny house. Again. Where Köln? Is it in? Köln? It's in Köln. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. And no, but he's. You know, he's always been also so talented and such a lovely person. And Moritz Sachs has released his memoirs? Moritz oh. Sachs has released his memoirs, and I think he's working as like a... a Musical producer. N- not anymore. He's more on, on, on set now, like behind the camera. Oh, you know, oh gosh, I'm a lighter. he should be directing yeah. Circus Child. Well, he can. <laughs> he can. He could, definitely. Yeah. No, but he's, he's still in television business. I also love the idea, though, that um, of you doing a one-woman show. Because, you know, I was a patron of the Brighton Festival. No. Brighton. Oh, um, and Brighton Fringe, and they really champion one woman shows there. So, if you ever do decide to do a one woman show, yeah. take it, c- come to Brighton with it. Absolutely. I definitely see it with like with your singing talent, like a musical number. Um, I, I actually went to see a really inspiring one woman show, and she was one of the first guests on my second series here. So, I'm going to send you that episode to listen to because I could definitely see you with your own 
one woman show that's singing lovely. storytelling yes. um that that's on the horizon have you sure. seen arena o'connor no and a tova need, lee no do i need no? to see yes, yes you could need to see things rena o'connor she's irish but i think also lives lives around london and i saw her um with her um stand-up show with tova lee who was um doing the show about her book Fucked at 40 have you heard about that <laughs> no. it's brilliant yeah. raising Doverly Reno Connor you've got to check them out on Instagram okay. um, Reno Connor is an amazing singer too so they do stand up and she does singing wonderful singer with the most you know hilarious lyrics it's all about you know motherhood more or less and oh my gosh. Um, women okay. working Definitely. and motherhood very very funny and I saw Toverly live in London in February 220 I went yeah. with Rachel and this was at, like our last trip before covid hit in oh wow uh, i bought the tickets beforehand and i saw the show in the little it's called the other theater in london and just no, no the other the, the other palace the other palace is okay. around around Buckingham, not far from Buckingham. okay palace. and i saw that and i thought wow you know i mean this is like you've got stories to tell rebecca you should be totally. doing this you can sing you've got two stories to tell so that's when i then started okay i've got to write my own one i've got to write my yeah. memoirs somehow make a package of this also to be independent to be able to be working and performing in future and not worry about is your agent going to get you something no. or not because we spoke about that before that yes. the German market is very different to the English market if yeah. you're famous for being on a weekly TV show in England you will be bloody famous for it and people will want to work with you yeah. in Germany no <laughs> in Germany they say you're burnt uh, people just know you in your character um, n- nothing really of interest well that's all about to change you heard it here before. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes, the book, the one woman show, the film, they are all coming at you very yeah, right. soon. Okay, so this show is also about well-being as well as creativity. Um, can you tell me what you have done to maintain your well-being through this career, this life? Is there anything, any tips? And um, Well, I can tell you what I did during COVID because I must say the years before, I actually did not a lot to maintain my well-being because I was a young mum very young married I had a career going so I was always very very busy that was the end of my question how have you maintained wellness through such a busy career and raising a family exactly so I just kind of stayed sane in a way but when it must have been around like yeah around 10 years ago when I first realized that I had lost a bit of myself during this process that I realized where is this cheeky Becky gone I was where is this bubbly young woman gone I was so cheeky I was always so alert where am I and that's when I stopped Lindstrasse for three years that was like the first thing I did in this process where I said okay no I've been functioning I've been you know doing everything that people also you know like want me to do but in the end I was I was I was somehow lost and I, I build myself up again through doing what I love and what I enjoy, especially in a creative way. And then later, you know, like I took tap lessons again, you know, so I'm doing tap dancing. Uh, because then my kids finished school and went into their, you know, further educations, it gave me time to see um, what I want to do. And 
that was important. And during COVID also, I had I, I, I took therapy. There's like an online thing where you can take therapy. And I had like speech therapy with a, with a great advisor. And that was very good because it just helped me reflect on also own toxic behaviors, you know, Amazing. towards yourself. Yeah. Why am I, you know, keep running from things? As I said, you know, this circus behavior of, you know, wanting to run all the time. Yeah. Like to, no, relax, you're fine. And it's about, you know, self-acceptance mm. and also accepting that like I only found out now in aging that I am very sensitive and that I have been suffering from anxiety also throughout my childhood I don't know why yet but it was there and that once acknowledging that I can I can deal with situations better for example I've got I've got very very sensitive like antennas my satellites are very sensitive about vibes about other people yeah so if I feel uncomfortable somewhere and I want to go that's okay yes that that's my gut that's my spirit that's something telling me you don't want to be here you don't want to be in this environment but years before it would just distress me and I wouldn't know what's wrong with me and people would say you know why can't you just have fun why don't you relax I can relax when I'm with the right people you know but this is something I had to acknowledge and learn about myself yeah true because that's actually intuition and and we're not taught how to understand and therefore as you say it can become very mixed messages there's distress exactly because it's like what is this I don't understand it I mean maybe we should be learning about intuition in high school yes yes no, absolutely so I, yeah. I I learned this and in the past few years and especially in the last year and just you know to say no to situations you don't feel comfortable with yeah. and this has given me back so much energy that I feel like at the peak I feel as so much energized and and, and powerful as I did when I was in my early 20s you know yeah. and that's why also I told you I've taken this other job I'm also now general manager of the city marketing of the town where I live in uh, in Germany I just love um, that about you that you're like I'm and, finding myself yes. in this town and I'm finding myself not just one but two jobs in yes. this town and people are recognizing you this and this is this is what woman. I think is, is yeah. nice you know that people are actually saying yes she's capable she's yeah. bloody capable yeah. we're going to give her that job yeah. and I'm there to prove it that I can do it yeah. and like private life is not my top priority at yeah. the moment so I'll be absolutely fine in working 12 hours a day for, that's lovely for, for now <laughs> until you come back so like who are we excited to um see live in the UK <laughs> who have we been talking about oh you're talking the about awesome my... <laughs> handsome seriously funny yes I've had a crush on Lenny Henry I think since Ooh, I was a child <laughs> I love that Lenny are you listening ding no. dong no and then I told you before that I'm coming to Manchester in November because I saw I think it was on you know English television I saw that because my mum has it in her kitchen in Germany too yeah. and there was this advert about Lenny Henry appearing in Manchester in November uh, like a private evening with Lenny Henry at some some oh strange gosh, place and I bought tickets <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm definitely so, going to see Lenny Henry yeah, in November even yeah. if the travel's going to be murder I love it's going to be I a schlet I think we, but, yeah, yeah. You, Lenny needs to hear this and you need to meet each other <laughs> did you see him actually in um, Broadchurch no no it wasn't Broadchurch was it yes it's Broadchurch yeah. yeah yeah it was like in the third season of Broadchurch when it all wasn't about that poor killed little boy anymore it was about this woman that was raped and you don't know who yeah. and um, Lenny Henry is like this guy owning this farmer's shop 
Okay. Oh, and he's lo- he was lovely. You know, the serious see. character too. Like, damn. Ah, <laughs> I know. I always love it when comedians do serious. Yes, it's right? surprising. And, yeah. and you're really good at both. Really serious and really funny. I don't think, like, Ify never really did really funny, right? She was quite serious, mm-hmm. wasn't she? And, but you, in, in your private life, are really good at funny. So I think you need to do more funny. But do you remember, we always tried to kind of put that in Lindenstrasse. I mean, you yeah. were the same because we had the same humor. And do you remember our director, George Morse? Yes. The American. Yeah. And oh, he, I loved him. He, yes, oh, he was such lovely. a great director. He was my absolute favorite Mine director. too. And he was so yeah. supportive. And I always had yeah. the feeling he knew who we were. Like, oh, he looked behind, you know, yeah. everything else. And he used to say to me, <laughs> what do you say? You've got to, you've got to work with... Um, uh, Mel Brooks, who says, oh, he says Becky, you got to look, you got to work with Mel Brooks. And I grew up with Mel Brooks movies, you know, my yeah. mum, like, you know, um, Blazing Saddles and Oh my gosh, like right? He so wanted you to do like, like cowgirl westerns. Yeah, no, no, just, you know, just, just this silly Slap thing. Stick, I always tried you know. to be, you know, I'm goofy. Yeah. So I, I made Iffy goofy too. Yeah. You know, had her pull her faces. And, and this is something yeah. the fans recognize. And they also loved then about Iffy, the character, that she was a bit goofy. Yeah. What would you love to do next after this period of um, once the the garden show is complete? Yeah, yeah, I'll still um, do you know the, the the city marketing thing, but that doesn't mean I can't be in show business. You know, it gives you enough not. time. Would you have like and, an agency? Um, I mean, if you're going to have all this talent that you're booking, <laughs> I've got an agent, but you know she's it's, she's no, having I mean, a hard your, time. Your own, your own talent agency. Yeah, I've done that time before. No, 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 them. I'm not yeah, going to do yeah, that yeah, anymore. Yeah. Now it's it's good. I'm working for companies where I can book people. Yeah, you know that's far more satisfying. I can just book them if the budget's right manage their careers. Exactly. Yes, because I, I, you're right, in your bio, you did do that for like eight years. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, did that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I also fine. went through my stint of managing talent and it's full on. You can't yeah. really do much yourself. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that and people know that, you know, I'm a very good manager and way of organizing things and making life easier for other yeah. people. I was always good in that. Because yeah. you, um, you know what you would like to be. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. you know, that's why also like I'm, I'm strict with people I work with because I know how I would do it and then yeah. I expect the same from, from others yeah but uh, no if I if I I'd love to host a talk show to be honest because I was years ago I already said that these this talk show thing is coming back to Germany and yeah. they did try but I think they took the wrong people somehow because it all went down I think it was the early 2000s because they started scripting it they had, they stopped having real people yeah. in talk shows yeah. and had this scripted reality which yeah. then turned into these real scripted reality mm. shows yes. and I think the time is now that people want real conversations again real people yeah. and I used to watch these hilarious shows you know from America you have them in England too you know where people start screaming at each other because the neighbour is the Springer. father you yeah. know these kind of things <laughs> even that I'd love to <laughs> do you know that that was actually turned into a stage music in London, Jerry Springer, the opera. Can you imagine? No. They, I, I remember years ago meeting the creator of that musical, Fantastic. and it was literally like people operatically fighting with yeah. each other on stage. They turned the arguments into an opera, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, but this is something the, uh, really, really. Uh, no, I'd love to because I, I love people, and I love mm. to help people, and people trust me, and yes. I love giving advice, and so I'd, I, and I'm very, you know, like women support women. 
Yeah, thing. I saw that your tag That's, Frauen. What yeah. is it? How do you say it in German? No, Frauen für Frauen, Frauen, Fra- you know, Frauen, Frauen Power, Frauen, and all that. Frauen Power. I, I used to have I used to have a, a page or even a website called Rebellinnen Rebels. Oh, okay. Where I tried to that was an idea because I always have these ideas. It's it's so bad if your brain never stops working. <laughs> now I had this a idea superpower, of, girl. No, as you say, like <laughs> teaching intuition. Yeah. Yeah. I had this idea of imagine a book. Yeah. Yeah. And in this book. There's every information a woman will need in her life. Yeah. Yeah. So silly things, starting with how do I go to the council and um, uh, like uh, get my car registered? Yes. How do, what kind of insurances would I need in life? How do I get through online dating without having a mass murderer at my door? Um, All these kind of things. Yeah. I said, imagine this book, every girl would get on her 18th birthday and she could just look up uh, scammers, no insurances, I'm getting a divorce, (laughs) like for every question. And it's maybe too much, but I thought... I love that. These are things that, are, yes, are, yeah. trust your gut. If you're in a situation, you feel like you want to go home, yeah. go. Yeah. Leave the table, go home. You know, like from every variation of life. Yes. And that's why, that's what I... This would be possible in a talk show too. You know, you could have like, okay, you could have celebs, you know, like yes. in the... Um, Clarkson show or Drew Barrymore yeah. show, but you can yeah, also I, have real people with real stories and well, mix their message out for the yeah, world. Mix yeah. it up. I really like that. I love Drew Barrymore's new show, and I love how she sometimes interviews former colleagues that she's worked yes. with. Sometimes ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands. Yes, 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 she brought yes, her ex-husband on. They hadn't yeah. spoken to each other since they Ooh, they did that. They did that on and air. They did it on air, like <laughs> 10 years after. It, his name's Al, I think it's Al Green. He's a Canadian comedian. Oh, yeah, okay. They divorced. They, and was it funny? It was actually like really moving and quite Damn. awkward. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you the link. But um, okay. yeah. but yeah, if you mix it up with some celebs yeah. and normal people, yeah. and as I say, you've like, got a good black book of, of numbers to call up oh, there for your yeah. guests. Definitely. So, <laughs> no, um, I, as I say, I, I love talking to people. I, I can also listen. I can also shut up and listen. Yeah. And. Um, that's something that comes with age. When I was a young yeah. girl, you know, at this show in VDR, I was hosting. I was 18. So Lolo Rosso. Lolo Rosso. And you were the uh, youngest presenter ever, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it was great. If I see the, the videos now, it was lovely. But I was still too much tied up with myself, being kind of like in yeah. late puberty, being such a young person. Yes. You don't have the depth to actually listen to other people. Yeah. So that was a bit early to have like real conversations. It was yes. all just funny and goofy and, you know, music and ha ha let's do jokes. Mm. But I think you've got to reach probably a certain age to really be able to just sit down also and listen to people and yeah. um, make them trust you yeah. and all that. That was and too young. And care about what yes, they're saying. Yes, care about not only yeah. in there and out there. Yeah, but that was probably perfect for the time though I would love to see that show that did are there some recordings of there that? are some yeah. clips on YouTube yeah. you've got to see it's unbelievable if you look at me it's all that hair oh my gosh right She's I remember so that hair, back though, when we girl. first met you, you, had, you had this like I think you might have even had like braids like plaids yes yes, yes. Right, I, right. I did I did Not the dreads, braids but in yeah. 97 I, I had have the this braids, memory yeah. of you with the braids and mm. then me with I think at that time I had some like rainbow dreadlock yes, extensions it was a bit punky. and we were on a boat <laughs> and we were dancing to like yes. faithless I can't get yes no yes, yes that was 97 <laughs> exactly yeah and that was a bonding moment and I was like oh my gosh I'm on such a cool show with such cool yes, people and yes. no, we yeah, had amazing times yeah, definitely it was yeah. really good being yeah. in Germany at the height of techno was pretty yes. exciting 
years, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, I mean, the 90s really uh, in Germany were lovely. Yeah. <laughs> they were lovely. We had so much shitty music, but also great music. And in that show I was hosting, we had, I was lucky to have a lot of people with their singles to come to that show first because that was this girly time, Viva MTV yeah. um, time with, with, with the love parade going on and all that. You yes. remember Marusha? Yes. With the green eyebrows? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, did you interview her? She, she was on the show, but then we had this, this other guy. I don't know how much swept over to the UK that you would know. Yeah. There was this, you remember this song? Shut up and sleep with me. Come on, why don't you sleep, sleep with me? me. Shut, Shut up. up. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. my God, this was one of my favourite songs. It's a cover more or less too, but the, it's called um, um, The Bomb. Ba, 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 that was, I was in London, summer of 95. Yeah. Or was it summer of 96, both? Yeah. And this song, and I was in London, oh God, best time of my Beep life. That was great music. 95 and 96, even 97, had, had lovely music out there. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Tripping down memory lane with you is bringing me back. I love it. I love it. So, um... Can, uh, yeah, tell me a bit about what you're looking forward to as we're evolving and as we're emerging. You've said what you're working on now, and yeah. and um, what are you looking forward to as we're getting into a sort of new normal? The fact that you're here in the UK is a good sign, right? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some so ter- corner has Because when, when Lindenstrasse stopped, actually, for last year, my plan was to spend as much time as possible in England because I thought yes. I finally have time. My parents have their home in Eastbourne, and you know, it's not far from London and, you know, I know you've got some like yeah. family around too and some friends. So I just really wanted to be here. And I just said to my mum again yesterday, I do plan to one day relocate to England completely. I do yes. want to live here because it's always been my home. I was brought up bilingual and it's, it's, it's my humour, it's my food, mm. it's my people. You yeah. know, I can be very German in, in Germany. That's not the yes. problem, but it's just that I know I belong here. So now I've got these jobs I'm going to do and maybe, you know, we'll work on more career things. So I just might have enough money one day to, you know, have a nice place here and go back and forward if needed. But if not, then my dream is to have my own, like, little delicatessen in England, you know, if it's, you know, um, it, it could be like Eastbourne, Brighton, Hove, wherever, you know, yeah. somewhere around the coast, um, and to have traditional uh, Jewish-European cuisine uh, mixed with the new Tel Aviv food. Like, because, what were we talking about, the dish we were Yeah, you were talking, about. you were telling me about shakshuka, and of course, yes. shakshuka is the, the, the modern breakfast nowadays I've known from Israel, of yeah. course, since years. It's like the tomato and vegetable uh, sauce you make and so then you crack good. the eggs in. Yes. And hummus, like, I mm. am really like, I mean, I love meat, I am a meat eater, but a hummus dish, a complete hummus dish, is all you need in life. You don't need meat it's so if you good. have hummus, because hummus is not a dip. You usually eat it as a meal. It has to be lukewarm. Yeah? yeah, and then you have your vegetable you dip in, or some nice bread if you like. Oh, you so have an good. onion with it. You have an egg if you if you eat eggs, yeah. but you don't need to. I mean, hummus is just happiness, complete ha- happiness. Ha- and I studied hummus to make it right, which means I've been trying to make hummus for the past seven years. And I tell you, it takes time until you find out how to do it properly. And the magic is in the blender. You need a bloody strong blender. I think you need to make a video of yourself, like how to make hummus. Yes. Have you done that? <laughs> no, not yet. I'm sure you get like a million hits because like every, everyone loves hummus. Why don't yes. we make a video? 
Can you do that? Yeah, like, well, like how to make yeah. hummus? I, I used to, I, I have to buy a new blender though, because yeah. really I've been looking for, because in Germany, one of those, get, yeah, no, because actually you put them in, in the blenders that are oh, like okay, a pot food on top. Processors. Yes, food That's processors. Hard. But the problem yeah. is they make them nowadays for smoothies and shit. Yeah. yeah? That means they're far the too narrow. Nutribullet. Yes, yes, they're too narrow. So how do you get ah, the hummus out in the end? You need it's, the proper old school. I want of. an old school big one with a yeah. big blender in, and I haven't been too lucky. So I've been really spending so much mm-hmm. money on different blenders because if they're not strong looking enough looking for a brand partnership yes. <laughs> there's a good yes. blender company a, out there send it over to the or a wonderful queen. person with a good blender at home and I'll make you heavenly hummus oh good there you go there you go yes um, oh, I love that well that's a beautiful dream and as we talked about before we were recording the law of attraction is a powerful thing yes. and if you can think it you can realize it. it. Exactly. Yes. So the, every, the place where I am now is the result of what's been going on in my mind and manifesting in the past years. Yes. That's definitely that. Yeah. So everything for yeah the near future is also, it's just going to happen if things fall into place. And it's not you know always easy. As I said, like my dad died now a few weeks ago. We looked after him for a year. This was not predictable. Yes. I really did think he'd stay with us longer yes. because he was so strong. And what um, an incredible man and what a beautiful story yeah. his life was. Yes, absolutely amazing. My yes. father had an incredible life and he was such a strong character, such a complicated man, of course, as men are that are so successful, yes. um, but also, you know, loved by so many and yes. respected. And, you know, being with him until the very end has been very, very such intense an honor uh, for my mum and me, especially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Feel it. Yeah, and I tell you what I've learned too is death is awful. <laughs> As I can tell you that, like dying is is shit. But I mean, we've got to do it, and yeah. and and you know, growing old is also for the brave, definitely, because mm. you never know what's going to happen. But um, yeah, it's like. Yeah, the dying thing is, is shit. I said to my mum the other day, I said, I think you're rather lucky when you get hit by a bus. And it, <laughs> and it, just, and it just goes off. Yeah. Because this kind of dying at home in your bed thing Slowly. is only nice yeah. if it just if it just catches you in the middle of the night and you don't expect it. But everything yeah. else is just... Um, God, yeah. yeah. So it's not it's not so nice. And a reminder so. of how precious every living moment is, Definitely. right? Definitely. Right? Definitely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you intend to do more with this precious life? What are you going to do more of? What am I going to do more of? Well, I'm definitely finishing Grey's Anatomy. There's a few more seasons <laughs> to go. <laughs> no, really, I, I, I love being alone with my phone, <laughs> watching my favorite TV show. This is something, yeah. Just, uh, yes, I, I enjoy it and I'm not ashamed to say so. And what about um, singing? Are you going to sing every day? You have such a beautiful voice. I'd like to hear you recording more music. Well, I'm lucky enough I've got another job this Christmas because I had the contract already last year yeah. and it fell out because of COVID. So I'm going to be very busy this December because I am, again, like hosting and singing in a show in Hanover for about three weeks. Cool. What's with, that? With uh, one what or two shows daily. It's also like an, like an artistic festival yeah. where I'm like the singing ring mistress. And lovely thing is, I'll be singing Christmas songs and I love I mean I'm Jewish yeah. but I love Christmas songs I love Christmas decorations I love all that so I'm going to be able to sing some of my favourite Christmas songs of Kelly Clarkson they're hilarious oh, they're so awesome. good so up tempo high yeah. um, so I'm looking forward to that because this means with all my office work going on I won't stop singing 
Um, then for next year, we'll see. As I said, in the yeah. State Garden Show, if somebody falls out, I'll be hopping on stage and then doing some songs because you, you mustn't lose it. Yeah. And then from 2023, I hope that I'll have my own solo show out there so I can have like, um, you know, do my sessions at little theaters or clubs around and maybe also record another song. I've got like the newer two singles are day and night and last year I got, brought a single out called um, My Heart Is In Your Hands which is made by the same producer Kristen Songs in Amsterdam and um, can I play one of those two yeah ones? definitely yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah, heard yes. that second one yes, I'd love to hear yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's a nice ballad uh, that Kristen uh, wrote for me and uh, very very nice okay well um your phone is a ringing and the clock is a ticking okay okay you rock feeling danke superstar that's yeah, what i written. thank you darling um, here we are signing off for this episode of tlc the light conversations with my wonderful guest today rebecca simonet barum aka becky thank you feeling dank to find my love at a second-hand store Always regretted the ones that came before Too afraid now to let go of the past But it's time to move on Let it rest Now baby there's nothing that I would undo If you needed something I'd be there for you My heart got borrowed Bruised and broken So I kept it to myself Now you're asking me To let it all go It's fragile, weak and frightened Yeah.